Yes, coach. To coach. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> I, I mean, was trying to think of a, a rugby themed version of yes, chef. Uh, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie Green, and you're listening to the Superlip Podcast. Do it's it. Here it is. The Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books and media about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, Sophie! Hi! <laughs> um, this week we're talking okay. about season two of Heartstopper. Sophie's ready to go. They just literally rolled their Adidas sleeves up. They're dressed like Nick right now. You got into Nick Listen, cosplay, I- didn't you? Not on purpose. This is just how I am. No. Listen, I've been. You do I've been have a lot of Adidas, Adidas yeah. sweaters. You're technically are, older than Nick, so I mean, I am. Um, there, Adidas is like my one like brand that I'm yeah. like. I like when I can see the logo of on my clothes. Like usually, yeah. I'm like, oh, I like this brand because the style is cool, mm-hmm. or like I like their like what they do. Adidas is like, I think their logo is cool, and it just I don't know. I think the only thing I'm like loyal to in terms of a brand uh, is probably Converse. Like Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Oopsies. I have um, some mental am, illnesses. I have some mental illness. We're going to talk about some mental illness yeah. today. Um, so, yes, for those of you that don't know, um, Heartstopper was a comic that was originally created by Alice Osman. Um, Osman? Osman? I do this every time. It's if you're British or whatever, it depends out. Yeah. Okay. I think I see yeah. Alice, Alice, if that's wrong, you can yeah, we, let me know. <laughs> please. I mean, please talk to us. But yes, we're talking about Heartstopper season two. Um, season two, I believe, encompasses like a few more chapters than um, the first season did because I feel like it, as I just caught up with the comic, I feel like okay. it kind of condenses a few things, which is nice. So the story of Heartstopper is basically two boys falling in love, um, figuring their sexualities out, and a story about their friends. It's obviously a lot more complicated than that. Um, If you would like a further explanation, I went over it in the first episode of this, which is episode 120 for us. Um, So this is part two of that episode, because season Mm -hmm. two just dropped in August, I believe. Um, Very beginning of August. Yeah, so we're only a little bit behind in terms of this. We didn't wait two years for it. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we were, I mean, (laughs) I think both Sophie and I are experiencing something because um, we finished the season in like two nights, I think. We like really went through it. We tried not to do it all in one sitting. But also both only because we fell jobs. asleep. Only yeah. because our bodies wouldn't let us. Our bodies said, go to bed ready. because you got to work tomorrow, bitch. And, and I, I said, said yes, no, sir. I have to cry tonight. Let yeah, me I watch said, yes, this. chef. <laughs> yes, um, chef. But 
Um, season two, I think, was like a lot more deep in terms of like the storyline. Um, it were like kind of past the like the meet cute situation. Um, we're more getting into like Nick and Charlie trying to figure out like how their relationship works, and also um, Nick trying to figure out when, where, how he will come out. Um, I for some reason thought that at the end of season one that he had come out to the entire school, but apparently not. Because he definitely because did. He did. Because he stops in the middle of a, a fucking rugby game yeah, that the entire school is watching and then walks off the field, hands the ball to the coach, grabs Charlie's hand, and then walks into the school with him. And yes. I mean they didn't see what the conversation it's that they have in the school, but like that's not something they, you do the, to a regular then dude. Then the next, the next day, they're like, "Oh, we can't let people know." And it's like, "Bitch, were you not there yesterday <laughs> when you pulled this boy by his hand off the field mid rugby match? You quit the rugby game. You left. You left. Yeah. And now you left like, your team <laughs> for a boy <laughs> who was also on the team. But also, <laughs> I will say, maybe everyone at the school was just like not assuming. But also at the same time, like, he pulled so... Granted, it's not like you can't, like, do that to one of your friends. But, like, you pull... boy, Young boys are dumb and they would see something that like that and be like, oh, certified gay. Um, yeah. Because you pulled the the one, one of the, the three openly, like, gay kids off of, like, the, 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 like, audience stand, if you will. Like, out in the audience. Yeah. And, like, ran into school holding his hand. Yeah. yeah I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think maybe because we know, like, we have knowledge of their relationship, having been in the TV audience, if you will. But um, I was under the assumption. So last episode, I was wrong when I said he came out in like a big way. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Um, I just wanted to get that out of the way. But um, the season starts off like immediately after that, so it's like the next day, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're having like a cute little sleepover. Like all the friends are over. Imogen is there too. Um, Sophie's. Um, You're jumping ahead. Oh, okay. Jesus, I was like, yeah. where are we? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like that. We're actually going into season two now, so we're talking about like the first little bit of it. Um, because the sleepover happens the first episode, right? Yeah, but you skipped all the parts with uh Nick having to take his GCSEs, which means he doesn't have to get to sit next to Charlie in the morning. And he has to that... sit next to Ben. Did that not happen after the sleepover? No, that's before. Oh, I was, I thought it happened after the sleepover. That's my oh, no. fault. I guess I have to rewatch the season. Oh no. For a but, fifth time. <laughs> um You did not watch the season again. Uh so I think that <laughs> Oh my god, Sophie. It's so good. It is. Um, um but yeah, go go ahead. No, I think so. Yeah, I think like the the first part of the season is interesting because we like have basically like I think for like the first time school is impacting them. Yes, <laughs> even slightly. Yeah, school it's is like very- oh they've kissed. Um, oh, time to break we them up. need to separate them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want that twink obliterated. I want that twink obliterated now you're making me question my life choice i think i thought that that happened in that order but maybe they have the sleepover first the sleepover happens first they come like they charlie comes out to his mom and says like hey nick and i are seeing each other and the parents are like okay well he's not sleeping over ever again 
Oops, no hanky-panky the in the house. Is, there will be no hanky-panky in this house. And um, <laughs> then that happens too. So it's like a, a, like a, a category five queer event. You've mm-hmm. come out to your parents and then school. Um, school has decided that you are no longer to sit next to your boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think that's the cadence of it, if I remember correctly, because it's like super cute and happy and then it gets bad. Sophie, why don't you give me the first note that you had? The first note that I have is that the announcer for the school is Stephen Fry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is just a random fact that I wrote down. I just found that out on the car ride while we were hanging out. So that's, <laughs> that is very true. I, I, I said that and you, you were like, yes. He is. Yes. Like, oh, that's okay. correct. I didn't. I that's didn't realize this was like known information. I didn't look at the cast at all during this. I think you have mm-hmm. uh, more than I have. I recognize yeah. his voice, but I didn't. Um, I didn't like pin it. But I think you also have more Stephen Fry knowledge than I do. My Stephen Fry brain is a lot is, is filled is usually. Yeah. Now uh, two things back to back that he's been in for us. He's really, he said, I'm going to help the baby gays out as a, as an elder gay. I'm going to help them out. Yeah. Continue. Well, okay. So I did have like a handful of things that I wrote down because I, while we were recording the first episode, I was like, talk about this. And then mm-hmm. I fully forgot to talk about it. So this is like overarching for the first and second season. Um, the animations that are throughout the entire show are like really beautiful. Mm. And I think that, um, that the, they add like a significant amount of like weight to a lot of the scenes because it adds like an element of like, kind of like seeing the internal monologue of the characters when things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's like cute moments where like the carrot was someone will be looking at someone else and then like a little like cartoon heart will like appear next to their head or like any of the times that like Nick and Charlie have kind of like a moment with each other to get like, like some leaves rustling around them. Like the, uh, the heart stopper leaves, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the trademark <and> <laughs> heart stopper leaves, <laughs> the trademark heart stopper leaves. And then, um, just like directionally, the way some of the shots are, are like basically shot for shot, like the panels in the comics, like they're framed mm-hmm. the same way. They kind of like set up the same shots. They have like close ups. It's like very um, comic driven, uh, like directional style. Like there's a lot of shots that are like close ups or mm-hmm. like shots of just like random items or something. And it's like, that's like a panel you would see as like a setup shot for like a, the next page in a comic. Yeah. Um, I thought that, like, I so that is a thing that's that is all through season one and uh, continues well beyond into season two. And I thought it was just like really beautiful and probably why it's like adapted so well as well. Mm-hmm. It just like adds kind of like some of that extra element. Very good mm-hmm. point. Which is if you go to, I explained this to <laughs> Sophie earlier. If you go to Spotify, if you have Spotify, which you probably do because we host our podcast on there. You go to, if you look up Heartstopper and you click on, I guess it's just the official playlist, um, the little leaves will like drop down the, like all throughout the playlist. So even if you're mm-hmm. scrolling, they keep going, which is really cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They never stop scrolling. You can't get rid of them no matter how hard you try. Um, there is like an end point to the scrolling. Oh, okay. Um, good. Yeah. 
There's not that many songs in the show. There's only 16 episodes. Okay. You know? I wish there were more. I mean, well, I'll there will be. <laughs> we'll get season three eventually. Um, I mean, part of part of the like one of the notes that I wrote down also is be, probably partially due to the animation. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess on the opposite side of like the sweet, nice moments where like Elle looks at Tao and she mm-hmm. gets like a little heart bubble next to her and it's like, oh fuck, I have a crush on my best friend. And then like any she kind gets of little butterflies leaves are on the screen. Too. She gets so many butterflies. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. And then in the inverse, when there's like intense stuff happening, which happens a little bit more in the second season. It, the like kind of like vignette that starts to happen, like the sides become like scribbly and it becomes like really like it like tense and like w- there's like the screen like vibrates a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, there's like a scene where Nick is taking one of his GSEs and both of us, I think, while we were watching it, we're like, are we having test test anxiety right now? Are we experiencing test anxiety that like yep. we haven't experienced since high school watching this scene because of like the framing and like just the direction of what's happening? And then like he looks out at the paper and the words start like blurring. And it's just like, oh, oh, I hate this. Oh, thank you. I hate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hate but, like it. letters like lift up and disappear. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they they use that kind of like vignetting too for Charlie later in the season while they're in Paris because this is the mm. Paris season that I told Sophie last episode that they would really like, but that's like a little bit further into the episode I think. Yeah, it's I the animation that they do, I, and I think it comes specifically from Alice, um, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if like that's her like little addition to like the way that the episodes are filmed, um, and to make it seem like more comicy. I think they're like really great additions, especially because like when the, I don't, I don't think that I expected every single time, um, like one of the kids, like when they look at each other or like when the, the boys like touch their fingers to each other and there's like little zaps. That, that makes my stomach hurt when that happens. <laughs> Not your stomach I think hurt. Sh- I think the show gave me an ulcer. No. Uh, that's shadow. So that's your cat's my fault. My stomach hurt. It's yeah. so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that um this is the thing that we decided to do right before I leave for Ireland. Is <laughs> give so you, you an ulcer. <laughs> give me an ulcer and a show to fixate on while you're gone. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Did you have anything else about like the animation that you wanted to talk about? No, I don't think so i'm trying to think so like the first part of the season is we're back at school and like nick is trying to figure out how he's going to come out to his friends he wants to Mm -hmm. come out to like some closer friends and but not the whole school i think like the structure of the season is very like school drama paris Mm -hmm. post paris drama yeah (laughs) okay please talk about your favorite teachers because the way you oh. screamed when this man came on screen for the first time. <laughs> so I, as, I guess this is, I, I know the background lore of some of these characters because right. I fixated on this comic for so long. And it wasn't, it wasn't getting updated as frequently while the first season was getting like written. So um, it was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. La- like after we finished season two, I went and like, caught up with the comic basically it actually updated again september 1st so today and mr farouk and i'm forgetting the other teacher's name 
Um, the two like teachers that are usually like the kids are usually interacting with the most, I want to say, um, mm-hmm. they are having like a meet cute situation. And um, when they showed the, the, the one character, I think it was Mr. Farouk when they show him the first time I was like, Oh shit, this is him. Like Sophie's going to be obsessed <laughs> because when we were watching gossip girl, one of your favorite like side um, stories was um, Lily and uh, Dan's dad. I'm forgetting his name right now. Oh, Rufus. Yeah. Rufus, Rufus like falling in like love his, again. That was, it was cute. I think that's it was really why it was happening. It. I think that's really why you watched it. I think so. Cause I couldn't stand any other characters. <laughs> no. That's not um, but I knew that they're like the romance for them was coming and it was nice. Um, and it takes place like during the Paris trip. Um, but we mm-hmm. get introduced to the one teacher while Nick is basically in like standardized testing and he gets placed next to, I keep wanting to call him max. He gets placed next to Ben. Um, max energy. Yeah. It's giving max energy. He feels like a max. Um, mm-hmm. And his actor's name isn't even Max. So I'm just like 100% wrong about this character for some reason. Um, and they get placed next to each other because obviously. Um, drama. So they because there to, must be drama. There must be drama. Get these two buys next to each other. They are stuck together in like standardized testing for like, what is it, two weeks? Yes. It's like two or three weeks. And it's just like the worst. And obviously uh, not Max, Ben he's trying to like convince our boy Nick that, you know, him and Charlie need to like give him a chance. And that like Charlie, he wants Charlie back. This is that. And it's like, no, my guy, stop. You were terrible. And it's, Mm -hmm. you didn't even like Charlie. You were just using Mm -hmm. him. And both of us know this, Mm -hmm. including you Mm -hmm. and you're, you were terrible to him. And so this asshole decides that he wants to go after Imogen, which is just like, of course, our sweet baby sunshine. Um, the thing the biggest that you eyes in the world. Yeah, truly. The thing that you were excited about not happening in the first season sort of happened in this season where Imogen is kind of used as like a. Uh, it's it's almost like whenever they're near each other and he sees Nick walking towards them like in the morning, he like holds on to Imogen. And it's like, yes, she's mine. I know that she's your friend, but she's Mm -hmm. like mine. And he treats her like shit too, which is the worst. Um, So the the thing that you applauded for the last, (laughs) happened in last season. Well, she's, she's definitely used, but she, her character, like the character herself does not fall into the terrible trope of the like shitty bitchy girl who's scorned because the love interest has fallen in love with a man. But yeah, unfortunately, she does get um, trapped, and it's it's tricky too because mm. she asks Nick like he has a reaction to her when she's like, "I like Ben, and we're dating," and he has like he's just kind of like, "I, I don't like him. He's not a good person," and she's like, yeah. "Why?" and he can't say anything because no, he because he's be, being a good person. Yeah, and then he would be outing Ben if yeah. he said anything. So he's kind of just stuck in this, like, I you just have to trust me that I don't like this person, and I can't yeah. explain to you why. She doesn't really like that response. No. because I mean, I don't think anyone would like that response. No, it's no, it's reasonable to be upset, yeah. but it's also reasonable that that's how he explains it. I yeah, he's like, I, I, I just really can't tell like, you. 
girly, I can't tell you. <clears throat> I think I really did like, um, and I think this kind of shifts the vibe of season two, mm-hmm. less so from season one. It's still extremely wholesome, extremely rose-tinted glasses, uh, queer story. But mm-hmm. when they, um, Nick and Ben are talking to each other yeah. and Ben is like, you don't like me because I like Charlie used to like me. And Nick is like, I don't like you because you assaulted him. Yes. Like he flat out says it. He does not hesitate. He doesn't mm-hmm. like allude to it. It's like, I don't know. They're not pulling punches in season two. They're, they're really going for it. Um, yeah. And I thought that was like an extra, it's like very short moment. And I thought it was very powerful. And this is, of course, during standardized testing. So I believe yeah. it's Mr. Farouk in the room with them. And he keeps, mm-hmm. like, yelling at them. And they get sent off because they keep talking and texting. They get mm-hmm. sent off to, like, the the no-no room, if you will, where it's like, you guys Which, are doing something bad, and it's a better room. Yeah, they get sent to their own personal study room. Like, it's shit because they have to sit next to each other still, so they have to be in that room yeah. together. But that's mm-hmm. so much better than sitting in a gym full of desks. I'm sure they got in trouble, too. Like, that was like, you know, we're going to talk to you about this later, I'm sure. Oh, probably. But, like, I remember in Brendan Lore, I bitch-slapped a cheerleader for calling me the F-slur, who, and then also said I was going to die of AIDS. Um, I... Backhanded her. It's not even like a creative insult. No. And like, honestly, the only girl in high school that ever said something creative to me once, I told her to her face that that was the most creative way to call me an F-slur I've ever heard in my life. She was like, shut the fuck up, you butt stuffer. And I was like, okay, go off. She called me that one second. Damn, bitch, that kind of slayed, actually. she went off. Was it? It was the year I got my mullet. Um, Yeah. So it was like peak peak Brendan hair and she thought I got extensions which was very funny but she said that and I was like that is the most creative insult I've ever had thrown at me before thank you but yes in that lore and then I got sent to detention this is the one year I wasn't allowed to go to prom I went to 10 proms (laughs) in my life um it was the one year I wasn't allowed to go and I remember being in this like room all day with like four other kids it was like a small Mm -hmm. room I got to like get lunch and bring it back. I was like, this is nice. Yeah. Detention in school detention. I don't think it's a punishment, honestly. It's not. I just did homework all day. I literally just did homework all day. That's What's it. That? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> this is fun. So yeah, they got sent to the punish room that punishment room that like really isn't punishment. And there's like a few he's not in this season, I don't think as much as he was season one. Um, that character, uh, Ben. Yes, and I forgot what the illustration of him looked like because, like, obviously the character designs are different than the the way that the real life people who portray them look. Um, Though so the costume designing and stuff, it's is like very pretty spot good. On. Yeah. yeah, I just when I started re- when I started reading the comic again, I had like he popped up in like a flashback or like a, yeah. in a scene, and I was like, who the fuck is? It? Oh, that's Ben. Oh. oh, that's Ben. Who's this bitch? Oh, it's Ben. But on the topic of that i thought it was important that this season none of the bullies are ever forgiven Mm -hmm. (laughs) the bullies in this season are they're basically flat out told like no we're not forgiving Mm you ben gets told that at one point um and that's like the last scene that his character's in unless maybe in season three there's a flashback with the with the actor but um before we recorded today i 
I saw that the actor who plays Ben, he and Alice like had the character written off of the show because he shouldn't be given like a, a um a redemption arc. He was like the character doesn't deserve it. Oh wow. So, like the last scene that we see with him is the last scene that we see him in. It's um, a really sad scene. Yeah, he said that he was they I think they both agreed and also he's like not really in the comic because he goes to another school, so they didn't mm-hmm. change his storyline to fit the show. It seems like both Alice and he came to that like decision that it's like no, he it should stay true to the comic and he's getting written off because he doesn't deserve a redemption because he's a, a shitty assaulting person. Mm-hmm. Um and Harry during the Paris trip for some reason for some reason decides that like hey like leave Nick and Charlie alone they're just being fine yeah. and then I, later I, there's a party and he's like you know I know that I've said some homophobic things I apologize can we come in now and Charlie literally is at the door and says no and he slams the door to the party in Harry's face I was like so oh my good. god he said one second queens I got this Hold my wig. I will, I will say I did leave – I have a small note about Harry that I really liked that his character was, again, still held at a distance. Not yeah. There was not a the hint of redemption or anything, mm-hmm. but just, like, you could tell that, like, they included, like, a slight character arc in there. Like, just, mm-hmm. like – that's – yeah, there's, like, a scene where – People are like, oh, oh, Nick and Charlie are hanging out again. And they're like being annoying. Um, On the Eiffel Tower, they're being cute. They're being cute in the Eiffel Tower. And then a bunch of the rugby guys are like, oi, boyfriends, oi, oi, oi. Yeah, because Nick and, gets um, a hickey. Or not, <laughs> not gets, Charlie gets Charlie a hickey gets from a hickey Nick. From someone. And, yeah, um, from someone. And everyone's like, oh, it must be the other like out gay kid. And, and he's like, no, it wasn't me. I don't want anyone to think it was me because he's interested in another boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, people keep saying like, oh, well, maybe it was Nick that gave him the hickey. And Nick is like, maybe I did. And that's when Harry is like, all right, guys, leave them alone. It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. let's just leave the lads alone. They're enjoying the Eiffel Tower. And I remember saying like, that was nice of him. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he like stepped in and stopped that other rugby lad from being like weird and homophobic. Yeah. And then there's later. A- Oh yeah, go ahead. There's a line. Uh, there's like literally, actually, like a line where Nick is like, "Did Harry just defend us?" And they're both very confused. So, and then later at the prom, because it's a gay teen show, and the finale of a season has to be prom. It's in yeah. the, it's the the book of gay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene where the Charlie and Nick are like they've since come out and they're at prom as dates mm-hmm. and there's like a background sound well it's not background sound but it's like a throwaway line where harry mm-hmm. is in the background with the rugby guys and he's like nick showed up with his boyfriend none of you could bring a girlfriend to prom like he's <laughs> like roasting his friends oh yeah single and it's like okay he's still not a good person no he's probably still shitty yeah but like at least he's like fun about it now i don't know like there was like there's like a hint of like some like i'm i'm not invested in him him being like some big character who's gonna be like part of the gang but i thought it was kind of sweet that it was like even the piece of shit in the first season is sort of kind of realizing that he was a piece of shit well and also i think i distinctly yeah i think i said it. it was like um young boys need to be uh taught humility 
in my yes. opinion. I think everyone yes. should be taught like about that. But I think that, you know, his a person that he was friends with pulling away and saying like that he hey, admired a lot. Yeah, that he admired like pulling away and saying like, hey, you're being shitty. And then just like cutting him off completely. And you know, the dynamic of like the rugby team changing and like, th- you know, a few, three other guys like stepping away from, from Harry and being like not friendly with him anymore. And Harry being like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, maybe I was being homophobic. Maybe I was being shitty. Like that person, I thought that person was my friend and I clearly wasn't being a friend to him. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think, what's happening because mm-hmm. he realizes that like one of his dudes, he's still a dude. He just happens to like dudes and girls. Yeah. Like, it's just, I think that's like probably what happened for the character. We don't necessarily see that happen on screen, uh, which is like fine. I'm fine with that. I don't need to see that yeah. happen on screen. Um, no, but, like, it doesn't need to be like a big moment. I just, no. it's like, it's literally these like little throwaway lines, but mm-hmm. it like adds so much to the story. And I, I think, think is like, best that's like an it. important thing for the season was that mm-hmm. the bullies that are in Nick and Charlie's lives. They are not forgiven. They're not given like this, like huge, like, I'm sorry, like I'm different now thing because the boys literally basically take charge and they're like, well, you've been shitty to us. So we no longer want to deal, like deal with you. We're, we're going to ignore you as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that we go to the same school, but that doesn't mean that we have to be friends or interact with each other instead of the Mm -hmm. areas that we need to. And I thought that was important, especially for a TV show directed at like younger people it's like, I hate talking about found family because it feels very like RuPaul's Drag Race. But There's, you know what I mean? Because it's no, like I a thing that they talk about a lot on the show. But mm. it, it's like an instance without it being said of like these young queer kids forming like their found family at, and, and Tao. Tao, you know, being included. Tao. British. Uh, yeah, British. Uh, <laughs> British flag. Uh making their own like group of friends. Like these people are important to them. Like everyone outside of the group that like sucks, they suck. But Mm -hmm. also at the same time, like they're very welcoming to people who like, you're nice to us. Cool. Like come hang out. Yeah, exactly. You don't have have to be queer to be part of our friend group. You just Mm -hmm. have to not be a fucking knob. That's literally it. You know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like, Um, I, I think that's, I think that's a really nice thing. And I think it's really important and I think, um, especially with like a lot of season two, you see that Charlie is developing like a lot of, it's like an anxiety disorder. It's mm-hmm. getting worse. He's had one and it's like getting worse. And mm-hmm. we see that uh, Nick is also, it's kind of like hitting Nick in a way that like he, they're both trying to do the thing where it's like, well, if I'm perfect for him, he'll be okay. Yeah. Everything will be fine. I'm going to shield him from a lot. And they, oh, they're they kind that... of going back and forth with it. And it's just like, Charlie, I think Charlie said, like, I, I can make this, per- like, I can make this perfect for him. He like The I'll monologue never... that Charlie has at the end of the first episode of season two literally is like a knife in my heart because yeah. it is so, I understand the Heartstopper is very sweet and wholesome. And then I know mm. that there's a lot of tough subjects, but like mm-hmm. generally it is very light. Yeah. So, but I'm so traumatized by gay media <laughs> that when I'm watching a show about two gay 
teens falling in love and one of them says nothing's gonna happen i'm gonna make this perfect and it like is like a fadeaway shot at the end of an episode and you just have a character smiling yeah. i was like he's about to get hit by a car like something horrible <laughs> the house like, is I gonna was, blow like, up i was like tensing i was like stop surprise showing this is actually this is actually great anatomy happy. someone's about yeah, to get I shot i was like i'm like so i was like on edge yeah well i mean so <gasps> i the a lot of what I was just reading, so books like four, like parts four and through seven, um, mm-hmm. in the comic, there's a lot, and it's it's brought up in the in this season. Charlie is yes. developing an eating disorder. He's had one for a while, and it's like the one place that he feels like he can control things, which mm-hmm. is like normal for someone who's experiencing something like that. And he starts experiencing it more so during the Paris trip. And Nick being the good boy that he is, he's a big Googler. He loves to do a Google search. I love when he is like, something's happening. Let me Google. Because he want, he's a big, he's, I don't mean so like, du- I don't mean like dummy. I just mean that he's like, I, I want to know if there's a, like, if I can't think of a way to fix this, like maybe there's an answer on the internet, which is what yeah. he's for. It should be used it's like that. It's so sweet. It's yeah. so sweet. He does a big Google. And he starts, like, looking up eating disorders and, like, how do you help someone with that? And Olivia Coleman, being the sweet angel baby, like, goddess, uh, every good word about a- an adult human being you can use. Her character is like, well, you can't, you can't do, like, we can be as supportive as we we want, but we can't, like, you can't fix someone else. And, mm-hmm. like, that's hard for Nick to hear. That's hard for anyone to hear, I think, in general. Mm-hmm. Um but as like the as it progresses, I thought like I have maybe five notes at most, and I thought that like that was one of the notes. It's my top note actually. Mm-hmm. Um, my top note was that Charlie's eating disorder is being handled well in the show, and it's yes, it's matching how it was in the comic, like the the vignette that happens where like Char- like right before Charlie passes out, and you kind of get. Like a touch of it in season one, season two, it's like more locked and loaded for Charlie's storyline is that mm-hmm. he's, you know, not fully like mentally well. Um, mm-hmm. And ne- neither is Nick, honestly, um, because he's trying to do the it's the the circle of Spider-Man who are like pointing at the other one. And it's basically yeah. like, I'm going to make this perfect for you. No, I'm going to make this perfect for you. And that's. Like you're you're going to make yourself ill trying to do that because it's and he the does world. yeah and he does it's you know for Charlie it's like he's trying to control this like one thing in his life and it's like very difficult to watch it happen like on a screen and it's it's for me I guess it's like easier to see it happen in comic form because I, at the end of the day I can write off that like this isn't a like a person that this is happening mm-hmm. to. So it's like, it's difficult to read. And Alice puts like, you know, trigger warnings and exclaimers at the top of the pages for where mm-hmm. it's mentioned, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And the note like leading up to like when it starts happening more in the comic, she's like, listen, I understand that Heartstopper is this like really safe space and that I've kept it light for so long, but like, this is like part of Charlie's character and I'm trying to handle this in such a way. And I'm so sorry if, like, if you can't read this, I don't like it's like it's just part of the character. And I think mm-hmm. they're handling it well. And also, like, not for nothing, in media about that have men in it, 
you know, these mm-hmm. are like the two main characters are cisgendered kids. This you don't really get conversations about men with eating disorders. And if you do, it's like a joke. Mm. The, um, yeah. Not to view myself, but the only other time I've seen yeah, exactly. it done well is Degrassi. Yeah, exactly. And that's the There's thing. Like, you don't a see it in like adult of, yeah. media. Um, no, not at all. Oh, I no. wouldn't even yeah. know how to handle it. And I've, I know people who have had these issues and like, I don't, I've, how do, how do men address these issues? Because it's not something that, you know, how men's health is treated, but it's yeah. just, it's not something that I've seen handled. And like, I didn't watch Degrassi the way that you did. So like, I wouldn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's still like well, Degrassi also covered like everything, so like yeah. thank God. Well, it's the, in no, there. exactly. That's like yeah. a particular. It's an extremely niche like teen drama that was based around social issues. So that was yeah. like part of the DNA of Degrassi is like we're talking about the stuff that like isn't talked about. Yeah. But like so like the, yeah, my experience. I mean, I'm sure there's some other things that I just am not thinking of right now. But like mm-hmm. yeah, my experiences with like male characters, especially younger male characters, with uh, like body issues, eating disorders, anything like that, that's generally put upon like young women Mm -hmm. is really, I've only seen it in like stuff like this where it's like carefully done teen stories. Yeah. And it's not, it's not put into mainstream stuff without it being a throwaway joke. Yeah. And it's, it's something that like seeing it done in such a way that highlights it in a way that's like realistic um, Mm -hmm. is, incredibly nice to see because it's not, it's really not something that like I get to see often is Mm -hmm. like this kind of thing highlighted in a way. And, uh, it's just like difficult to see like such a young person dealing with that. And Mm -hmm. I know that like for Nick's character, he's very, he's very aware of like how fragile Charlie is in general. Um, Mm -hmm. and being the Googler that he is, you know, he's, and he's asking his mom, like, how do we, like, how do we handle these issues? It's just like really nice to see as difficult as it is. It's really nice to see it's starting to get handled in the show. And it is like a big part of like the later books. So I'm curious to see how it like continues to get handled because I think we're getting closer to like when it is going to be like a bigger issue in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I don't obviously don't want to spoil anything for you because I know you haven't read in that at that far into the comics. We'll see um, how long I last yeah. before I just start digging into the comics. <laughs> well, I literally, like, the other night, I was like, boom, boom, boom. But I was just going. I saw, yeah, you were like, like <laughs> I'm, like, watching something. You were like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, your eyes are just getting bigger. Yeah, it's, um, it's I, so, Heartstopper is officially, I think, seven years old at this point. Aww. The comic. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize, like, how long this comic had had me by the throat. Like there's another comic that I read really often called transfusions about vampires that like, I literally, if someone told me like, I'm sure it's also probably seven to 10 years old. I would be like, what? <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. where has that time gone? But it, it's really just like so amazing. And I think that on the, on the topic of like the way that the comic is in the TV show, I know that we spoke about this the other day too. Um, the side characters, Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting more fleshed out, which is really nice. I love so that. The first season is really about Nick and Charlie. And then like this season, it's about Nick and Charlie, but also everyone it's else. It's about the, the family. It's about yeah, Nick the, and Charlie and their family. Yes, Charlie and their kids. 
and their kids. Yeah. These bitches um, is my sons. These bitches is my sons. Yeah. Um, I really like the scene. So after the big tests that everyone does, the GCSEs, like these huge tests that grammar school, whatever British, mm-hmm. sorry, Sorry, British people. High, yeah. high school. I'm, I'm American. Wait, can I just stop you for a second? Gavin doesn't yeah. even know what a form is. He's from from the UK. I said, Maybe oh, a like form. Maybe it's like a private school thing? Does he, does Maybe he go to private he's, school? I don't no, know. No, but he said that it could be like a, spe- a specifically British thing. It could be like an English-British thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I he, he listened to the episode and I said forms and he's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh. And I'm like, I could. He's like, maybe it's homeroom. And I'm like, could be. That's what I was thinking. I just assumed homeroom context yeah. clues. Couldn't but. tell you, but I think form is the year that they're in. So they're in their sixth form, I think. Char- Nick is okay. going into his seventh form, maybe. And Nick or Charlie is going into his sixth form because I think they ask. I think there's a point. Where it's like asked, are you staying here for like sixth form? Yeah, because L says that later for sixth form. Yeah, I don't. Was this, we're very we American, so we're very. I'm sorry, so I'm everyone. so getting distracted by <laughs> British uh, yeah. school systems. Anyway, what I'm trying to make after the GCSEs, there's this huge party. Um, mm-hmm. Cy, one of the the new rugby boys, who is I did notice the three rugby lads that are like they do try to talk to nick at the beginning of the season they're like hey we don't Mm -hmm. talk to harry anymore like we're your friends we like charlie and we know that you're really good mates um and then nick uh associates for a second and there's a really cute flash of like good mates across the screen and there is just like a montage of them making out in different places um which is so (laughs) cute and i think we both screamed when that happened yeah honestly um um, i'm obsessed (laughs) but so like one of those rugby people who is like nick wants to come out to his friends and he's like Mm -hmm. i'm having a big party because we just did these insane tests that drove us mad for two weeks yep um so there's this huge teen party in the woods so you know some shit's gonna go on um, oh my god absolutely that scene i like i were simultaneously love and hate that scene yeah you were very anxious because you were like up oh, there's done. fire being lit <laughs> it's like well it's done very well but it's yeah. the same thing as like the test scene it's like nick wants to tell his friends he's trying to come out to his friends so he's trying to get them alone so he can talk to them but all the kids mm-hmm. are like partying it's really rowdy and he gets separated yeah. from charlie and the music like the pulse of the music picks up and the same like comic book style like anxiety manifestations start to happen and like the screen gets wobbly there's scribbles Mm -hmm. and there's like all this like horrible mean stuff written on the screen and you could just like feel like you physically could feel his anxiety in like such a palpable way that it like gave me more anxiety yeah but it was done so well i don't think that scene was in the comics i could be wrong You'll okay. have to read it and tell me. I'll, I'll let I'm you know. Very far in, in the future, <laughs> but the prom scene was actually not in the comics, so I don't think they have prom in the UK. I didn't think they did, so I was surprised it was in the show. I think it's a very American Netflix like TV show kind of situation, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, prom is like not a thing. Mm. I think they have like balls, maybe. Oh. Like a fancy prom. Um, but I think I could be making that up too. Uh, but I, I feel like when we were watching that, it was like, prom? Prom? <laughs> I don't. 
I don't think that. Because I, yeah. I feel like a thing I, I always see is people are like, what's prom? And like, yeah, exactly. Prom. I yeah. don't know, whatever. Yeah. So unfortunately, so like, and back to kind of what you were saying, where both of them are like, I want to be perfect for you. They're both yeah. like, so Nick is literally like trying so hard. He's pushing himself too hard to try to come out when he's not ready because he wants Charlie mm-hmm. to be okay. Cause he knows Charlie wants him to be out so that they can be out publicly. Yeah. Cause he's so much trauma from the way Ben treated him. Yeah. Um, but ultimately Nick basically, I mean, I'm assuming it's a panic attack. That's what it appears to be to me. Um, and they have like a very sweet moment back at Nick's house after they go home together. And Charlie is like, you don't have to come out until you're ready. I don't want you to force yourself. I don't want you to like make this hard. I want this to like be something that like. Yeah. Cause like we're forgetting why we like wanted to do this. We, j- exactly. we just wanted it's for to. Us. Yeah. It's not for anyone else. Like they don't need to know. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the overarching theme for like Nick's character this season is people mm-hmm. saying to him, like, you don't have to do this. Like, yeah, it's, like you it's should not, do it for yourself. It's not hurting anyone if you don't tell anyone because it's it should be on your time. Yeah. Um because it happens with Nick's dad, um, who's like he's pretty estranged from in general. Um right. and for Nick at school and Charlie and both both Charlie and Nick's mom at separate points are like you don't have to do this. Like it's, it's okay. Like we promise you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's having like a hard enough time coming out because I think, as you said last episode, people keep calling him gay. And he's like, well, <laughs> well, actually, I actually, I'm by There's actually. A, uh, some beams on TikTok going on around about that's very cute. Yeah. But all, I mean, also, yeah, again, this like sad moment of like wanting to be better for each other, but hurting themselves in the process. Charlie's like, don't come out we can keep keeping it a secret while we're on this Paris trip. And Nick is kind of like, if that's okay with you, like, I think that would be nice. And Charlie's like, yeah, that's okay with me. And then it like, Nick falls asleep and they like show Charlie and he just looks so sad. And I just am so sad for both of my children. Um, And then we go to Paris. (laughs) It's just like really difficult because like, you know, Charlie was basically outed and it turns out that it's like one of his friends' faults. Um, oh yeah, we do learn more about the previous year for Charlie this season a lot. Something I think we would find out more if we read Solitaire because Solitaire I think takes place before Heartstopper. So there's like mm-hmm. a whole Alice and Osman universe of like the Alice when, the Osman verse. Yeah, the Osman verse um, of like when things take place, and there's actually a chart that she's come up with. Um, for like when things take place. Okay. So, um, I think Solitaire takes place before Heartstopper and maybe during. Um, but it's is, uh, am I am I correct in saying that that's Alice's first novel? Yes. Okay. So Charlie was actually created for um Solitaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny that like. Heartstopper has like been the thing for me, and I think also for like Alice, the thing that like people have like seen the most of. Yeah, um, for sure. So it's interesting that like Charlie was first created for a story about his sister. And mm-hmm. then Heartstopper, which is like a bigger chunk of time too, is about like Charlie and um 
Charlie and uh, Nick and uh, yeah, Charlie and Nick. Um, But Mm -hmm. Tori's in that, but also I forgot. So I, I, in the, in the comics, I just went through the dinner scene. So like the family dinner scene and it is Mm -hmm. almost shot for shot. Tori does do that thing to Nick's brother. (gasps) Fuck yeah. Do you want to, okay. And no joke. Also the line that the dad give like Charlie's or Nick's father gives to David, which is Nick's brother. Mm-hmm. That is line for line. Like you did not turn out into the man. Like you did not become the man I thought you would be. There's a lot of line for line things that I. I mean, the script is good. <laughs> the script is good. There's very little changes. It's feeding um, the children. It's good. <laughs> it's I'm just in. looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the page on Alice's site for solitaire, and there oh, is yeah. a, a very in bold at the bottom of the like general blurb mm-hmm. is. Alice highly recommends you check out the content warnings before reading this book. Please note, Solitaire may not be suitable for all readers who have enjoyed Heartstopper. So extremely, um, and then there is like more of a description of like what is going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I assume that the story is told through Tori's perspective. Tori's yeah, because it's, yeah, the story is about Tori and... Um, I think the character Solitaire, who's been like leaving sticky notes around the school to like cause an issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's yeah, like, what I read like, in the description. The description sticky is pretty screen. explicitly like this is more graphic, more serious. This is more intense than Heartstopper. Like, very like Alice is very aware that like people who have read Heartstopper might seek out like additional and is like mm-hmm. being very cautious and conscious of like the type of like which is. Mm-hmm. kind of amazing and just like a phenomenal. Yeah, well, also like Heartstopper comparatively to the other things that we've read from Alice is like incredibly like, I want to say warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Even with all of the, the topics of like, and the conversations about like mental health, all these other things comparatively to radio silence, comparatively to loveless. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, and those are like optimistic. huge books, I would say, comparatively um, to like other things that we've read. But like, mm-hmm. Radio Silence is very sad, um, but yeah. really well written, and also like tackles a a lot. Um, I think is just like incredibly much more adult because it's also like kids who are, if they were like American students, they're like eighteen, nineteen, going to college. So, like, the things about, like, you know, any kind of um, media towards people in that age bracket, just going to be, like, a touch more mature. Um, but also, like, more mature things are happening to these these very young adults uh, versus, mm-hmm. like, Heartstopper. Heartstopper is, like, very, like, warm, fuzzy, and until it, you know, starts, like, getting a little bit deeper. Because it, mm-hmm. I, I think on surface level, Heartstopper just seems, like, to queer kids saying hi to each other and like a cute voice yeah um and like smiling at each other and being cute and then it's it's a lot deeper than that and i i would i would challenge the people that say that that's all it is to actually sit and watch the show Mm -hmm. especially season two maybe read the comics um because i think it's a lot more than just like two kids being cute it's for sure like trying to figure out the reality of coming out, the reality of like, we met each other at such a time that like, you're about to go to a school. Like, are you staying mm-hmm. here? Are you going somewhere else? Like, 
you know, it's young people dealing with mental health and eating disorders and, you know, body image issues. And I, I think comparatively to the last episode that we just recorded, the topics in season two are a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the characters, even the side characters, you find out that I was sort of right. I think it's because I had read the comics that Darcy's like home life is hot shit. Not good. Not complimentary. Little baby angel Darcy. Yes. Like (laughs) it's really having possibly the worst home life. Mm -hmm. And they're like the most, like, most outwardly like confident person on the show, I would say mm-hmm. next to like Nick, like it's Nick mm-hmm. Darcy is just in their own universe. Yeah. And you think that like, this is the most powerful lesbian on the planet. The most no. Lesbian. Yeah. The most powerful lesbian. The most uh, powerful lesbian. Yeah. Truly. Like it, there's so much more in this season and I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy. Our, our, the one trans character that we have in this show I'm so happy that she has a very happy and healthy home life. Oh, it's so nice. I would not be able to handle that. I would not (laughs) be able to handle that. It Mm -hmm. would hurt me. Also, she's going to be on RuPaul's Drag Race UK season four, season five, season five. Okay. I have no idea what season they're at at this point, but literally probably the only reason I will watch that, that season Oh, I might just watch just that episode. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Also, just like honestly, the most beautiful woman on the planet. Like, how do how does oh a, a super how model. does she function? Yeah, it's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah, and also like and this season, I said this about last season. This season, her character was given. I feel like even more to like work with, and it. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she like carries the clothes that she gets to wear because we get to see them like outside of school more. Like, right? We get she, cute outfits, like because cute outfits, not in school uniforms all the time. Exactly. So like, I I was right about how like it's mostly about like Nick and Charlie, and then like the Paris trip happens, and then it's like more you get to see more of the side characters. Mm-hmm. I think that the one character that you like that's always reading the books isn't. Isaac. I don't. Is he not in the comic? No, that's what I was saying last time. He's like a, a weird amalgamation of like some random characters, but he's mostly just Alad from Radio Silence, who's in Heartstopper. That's why. Um, he's like they like took they took like they took Alad in Heartstopper and they like gave his negative traits to Tao and his positive traits to Isaac. Yes, it's very strange. Um, but I do have a little note about that because yes. Um, Toby, the actor who plays Isaac, mm-hmm. um, did like a little vlog series when they shot the first season because the majority of the the cast, pretty much everyone except for Kit Connor, who plays Nick, are like new actors. Like very few of them have act. This is like their first like quote unquote professional experience. Yes. Um, so there he uh, has like a little series of vlog videos. There's I think there's like nine or ten episodes. Um and it's very sweet because it's like a little bit behind the scenes. You can see some of the crew stuff. You get to see like what the kids are doing when they're not like in the shots. So there's a lot of like, oh, we're waiting for like Kit to do his rugby scene. We're all so bored. Like it's so cute. Um, but there is like a little moment where he's like going through his wardrobe and he's like, oh, I'm excited to wear wardrobe today because um, I don't have to wear my school uniform. We're doing like some stuff where I can wear like whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I specifically requested this jumper I'm wearing because it has a little uh, – 
Lady Bird on it, which they call Ladybugs in the UK. Um, what? Like, because Ale- yeah, they call them Ladybirds. It's so cute. Um, he's like, I specifically crested this jumper because Alad in Radio Silence wears like ladybirds all over his clothes. And I know that like Isaac is very inspired by that character. I, I didn't know it's that. so cute. It's so cute. I love how much the people who make this show also love this show. I think that's important because <laughs> comparatively at Netflix right now, um, mm-hmm. Sophie and I are watching The Witcher. Henry Campbell just... You know, I think everyone knows at this point that he left The Witcher. That you know he he's no he's not coming back for the next season, and they replaced him with uh, Thor's brother. I'm forgetting um, Liam, Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth. There we go. So that at the same time, brain meld. Um, but like the last scene that they show him in is him walking mm-hmm. away from the camera. So his ass, as it should be. But like it, that felt like such a shitty way to say goodbye, like goodbye to the show. But also like there's, I think maybe comparatively like that show isn't being handled as well as maybe this one. Mm -hmm. There are two very different shows, very different topics, very different. Clearly. Yeah. But like, I think that because comparatively looking at Heartstopper, which is, as you said, there are shot for shot things. Like some of the scripting from the comic is the same. Like, Mm -hmm you can tell that there is a level of care that went into it that is like being handled pretty differently. And I think comparatively for like a lot of media that is about other things, like I'm trying to think of like another thing off the top of my head that is like from a book that shadow and bone shadow. But Oh yeah. Like, so like you read the, did you read the books? I read all of them. Yeah. How do you feel like that's comparatively being handled? It's um it's different because they took a trilogy and a duology and they made it one show. Um so oh, okay. the events that happen in Shadow and Bone and then the events that happen in Six of Crows do not happen at the same time. Um and there is a scene at one point later in the if I've read these books a while ago, it's been a minute. There's mm-hmm. a scene later where um the crows meet Alina. And it's yeah. like a big moment because it's after the events of Shadow and Bone, and she um, spoilers, I guess she becomes she becomes a, a living saint basically because mm. she defeats the darkness and evil and fulfills her YA uh, main character duties. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, like so she's kind no of, longer like, special. It's like a, well, she is, but it's yeah. you know she's like works at an orphanage and she's like a good do good whatever. But there's yeah. like it's like kind of a cameo scene almost where she's like they see her and Inej is like, holy shit, that's like a literal saint and freaks out. And like, it's a nice moment, but like, it's so different from where the show is now because they've combined the stories. So they're like, it's just, it's just a different vibe. But I think that the energy is right. Like, I think they're matching the vibe and the energy correctly for Shadow of Bone. But like, again, it's like, yeah, it's changed so much. It's been adapted. They've added a lot of external elements and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and it like so it works. It I am enjoying the show. It's working, but mm-hmm. it's just yeah. Hardstopper is like so special because it's just like I I really I'm gonna just keep attributing it to Alice being involved so much because I think yeah. that like they just love their character so much and like I because I'm the way I am. I've been like watching interviews of the cast and um, stuff and like I was watching. Um, an interview with Alice the other day and uh, she was saying like Charlie and Nick are like 
the characters I've known the longest. Like I've been, they've been with me for so long that I, and I like care for them so much and that like, this is so important. And like, you can feel that in the show. Yeah. Because I think like, even before anything, even before Alice had written anything or anything was really published, that was kind of like these little characters that she made that we all fell in love with. Yeah. And there were four something else too. <clears throat> yeah. Which is like just wild. like little side characters. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think it would just be. I I honestly wish that for. I wish this for authors when they get their works turned into things. Yes. I wish this for authors that they get to do like their work like this. When, you mm-hmm. know, something turns into a TV show, they get to be there, that they get yeah. to do this stuff, that like their wishes are respected because you can have TV shows that are literally amazing because clearly maybe it's because like the book sold really well or like the story's really good or like they're just like they they make bangers this author but like wouldn't it be so great if like authors got to be on set and like make the script and like write the things mm-hmm. and maybe like for Alice like she was specifically interested in that and other authors like maybe they don't do like scripts i don't know i don't i have yeah. no idea how these things work but like wouldn't it just be so special if this is how media was handled and it was just like the author gets to do more than just sell the rights to their work and have it like flip flopped into something that it isn't. Yeah. I think it also is just like, again, another like uh, attribution to Alice being kind of an extremely creative and also caring person. Cause it seems yeah. like it's a collaboration that works really well with the whole crew mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean, I, this is, a, this is a wild example. That's like just, surface level but stephanie mm-hmm. meyer was extremely involved in the twilight movies and you yeah. can kind of tell for some of the stuff some of the stuff doesn't work it's really cheesy mm-hmm. retrospectively it's fun but like if she had had maybe less creative control and let them do more it might have turned out differently i mean it's still like a phenomenon it changed the landscape of everything it was really especially why yeah but that's just like a different side of this coin where it's like you need to be involved, have the ability to like put your foot down and be like, this is my work and this is how I want it, but also be open to like a collaboration because we now have expanded and we have these like lovely side characters. We haven't even talked about Tao and Elle because a lot goes on with them this season too. No, it's so good. Like Tao's character, I think in this season gets like a, I think that they get a redemption arc and they were so much softer and a lot of, I think, of Tao's character is explained, especially in a a very specific conversation with Charlie that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to spoil it. But there is a conversation that happens with Charlie that is like enlightening and it like, okay, maybe that's why you're so defensive of Charlie, but like, no, you takes is taking responsibility for Charlie Mm -hmm. in a way that like, it's like, I'm your friend. I'm going to defend you no matter what you do. You could shit the bed. And I would say like, leave my friend alone. He did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my kid. <laughs> that's that's how I try to be with my friends. That's my fucking son. <laughs> yeah, it's just Tao's character is so much better this season. Also, no joke, clocked a wig three seconds into this season. I <laughs> Tao gets a haircut. And I it's was, so no joke, I was like, Sophie, I can tell that he is wearing a wig. <laughs> because 
there, I just, I am the wig whisperer, maybe perhaps, yeah. but like, yes, good, good golly, Miss Molly. It was just like really bothering me. So I think it's like the first two episodes. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a um, dramatic reveal of Tao and his new haircut wearing the absolute sickest outfit, being yeah. a cutie pie. And he, yeah. it's amazing how delayed he is but this is he's a teenage boy so but yeah. like he is like i think i have a crush on l and everyone's like uh-huh but they yeah. finally they go on a date this season and it yeah. um it doesn't go very well no but i think it is also once again it an amazing it's yeah it needed to happen and it's like kind of a perfect awkward teen date like it just doesn't really work out but nothing like really terrible happened. No, it's and I think kind of like also, the vibe is off. Yeah, and I think also for nervous. like adults, I think every queer person <laughs> has gone on a date with one of their friends, and I mean a romantic date, and has gone, you know what? Maybe that was your... <laughs> I think we've all done that. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. But like, I've gone on dates with friends and be like, oh, maybe like, like I said earlier, sometimes romantic love is the same feeling as like familiar love, if you will, like a friendship sure. love. And yeah. it is, I think, hard to like tell those apart because like I think we've we've all kind of I think that's like a very understanding experience. I think even like straight couples do this. I should say straight people, not straight couples, but like I feel like everyone everywhere has gone on a date with a friend and they're like, maybe like it's maybe it's more than just friendship. And in their instance, it was more than just friendship, but at the same time, like that was like an awkward friend date that you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like this is going to be nice. And then it's terrible. <laughs> well, it's and again, like kind of the same theme that's happening with Charlie and Nick. Tao tries so hard to make a perfect date that he knows yeah. Elle would love that he yeah. completely just removes Misses himself. the point. <laughs> she's like, they like go to a movie that's her favorite movie. And she's like, you hate this movie. This movie yeah. drives you insane. And then like after the date, he's just like rambling and critiquing about how much he doesn't like it. And yeah. it's like, you idiot. Well, why did we do this? You should have planned something that you both would have left. You should have yeah. just hung out like you normally do, but then also kiss at the end. Yeah. Um, I was so I was so afraid that something bad was going to happen with them. I was so afraid. Sophie, I was afraid. This is what I'm talking about. Heartstopper is lovely and there's rough stuff in it, but it's ultimately a heartwarming, fuzzy show. So, But I'm not used to that. So I'm just, I'm always fear. I always have fear. I have a fear, um, <laughs> and it's um, my sweet baby angel L being disrespected, especially by Tao. She's, she's amazing. I I really do like that they gave the side characters more, and I like yes. that you know Isaac's character has like a moment. The oh my god, the kissing scene with mm-hmm. I want you guys to watch this, so I'm not going to spoil everything here. But like, there's a scene with Isaac, and there's a kiss, and it's. The worst possible thing it's ever. So it's heartbreaking. It hurt. It hurt. And it's like an episode and a half later, it's brought up and explained. And it, it just like hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I think it's a very. No, one, no one's safe. <laughs> no one's safe. I was going to yeah. say, no one writes gut wrenching um, emotional moments like Alice Osman. No, I don't truly. I don't think any, any author has like, made me cry quite as much. No, like, I think I'm, this show has hurt in the best way possible. It really has. Um, <laughs> it really has. I, there and it's like I was like, 
I was jokingly talking about how when the first Avatar movie came out, there was mm-hmm. this like wave of people who s- described having a like extreme depression because they were not able to live in Pandora and be a giant blue cat person and like experience the same, like like physically experience the world that like existed. And it was like kind of this like running joke that ha- that like people were like, oh, these fucking idiots, but yeah. like whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. But I was like jokingly making that comparison to some friends because I was like, it's so fucking wonderful. And, it, and we talked about this before that like season two is worse because the highs are higher and the lows are lower. And mm-hmm. it's just like a really beautiful, wonderful, amazing thing that you're witnessing. And then you just become sad because you're not experiencing it you're just watching someone else experience that joy (laughs) yeah i i think again we spoke about this last episode i in our age group i think a lot of people our age did not get to experience anything like this so it's i think difficult for maybe our age bracket to watch something like this because this is it's not the reality of like how our teenage experience was but yeah the nice thing about it is because we because we didn't get to experience it and we wanted to vocalize and like, you know, normalize us existing younger mm-hmm. kids get to have that experience. Yeah. Alice is, I which think then makes like me cry again because yeah. I'm so happy about it. And I think Alice is like 10 years younger than us. I think yeah. she's like in her twenties. 28. No, uh, not 10 years, 28. I think oh, okay. 28 or 29. I just looked this up because I was like, really like, so like, how old are you? Kind of in our like age bracket. Books. So like yeah, this is not the thing, much kind of in us. our age bracket, and also like not for nothing, like is fulfilling a thing that like we didn't get at that time. Also, like homosexuality was like very much outlawed in the UK until more recently, if I remember correctly. Alice is in the same age, like age bracket ish as us. And I can imagine that, like, as they were, like, this is not a thing that, like, every high school student has experienced. Like, I've gone, because of the podcast, I was able to go back to my old high school and talk to the GSA, which Mm -hmm. is our Gay Straight Alliance, about, like, being an out adult, being an out professional, and also, like, the work that we do on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I explained that, like, my experience in high school is very different. I as a person who was like basically out in in freshman year of high school, um, my experience was like not super duper great. I would mm-hmm. get like called slurs in front of teachers and sometimes they would do something. Sometimes they wouldn't, but mm-hmm. like not that that isn't happening in this universe. It just seems a lot nicer. And I think that the reason you and I are responding to this so much is because we didn't have that experience. Yeah. And it's also just, like, nice to see two people falling in love. <laughs> it's just really nice to see two people yeah. falling in love. It's my favorite genre. Yeah. Uh, two, two people, people falling, falling in, love. in love. Two idiots falling in love. We <laughs> two love Two idiots falling in love is my favorite genre. Yeah, truly. It really um, is. No, I think that yeah. that is what we were saying earlier. I think it's extremely important to, especially for Elle, to put mm-hmm. the context of how the UK treats trans and gay people currently mm-hmm. um, into how nice heartstopper is because even though again 
there's some some stuff happening. It's it's a very internal conflict. There is, yeah. I mean, there there are bullies and there are people who push against them, but mm-hmm. it is, as far as I know, very very little external conflict is pressed upon the main characters. They're not dealing necessarily with like the government um, no. laws, like that kind of like mistreatment, like the way things are handled, like the trans bans and stuff, the transphobia that exists in the UK currently, yeah. like none of that is really pressing on them at all. Um, in this season, L is developed into more of a character and she is meets other trans artists like, and they're openly trans and it's very like lovely. So I think that, having that understanding of like literally a couple of years ago, things were still laws are still being overturned um, to give gay men pardons for living um, is very relevant to how like sweet and important that this like story is. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again. I don't know if that ramble made any sense. No, it did. I, I, I just think that like this as, um, Again, I I really challenge people to watch the show if you think that it's just two, you know, queer kids, uh, or if you think it's just like two gay guys saying hi to each other back and forth. It's uh it's not, and you'd be wrong. Um it's so much and more. It really, really is. There's lesbians that say hi to each other. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm ruining your moment. <laughs> no, no, no. But like it, it it's just it's so much more than that. It's so much more than and also even if it is just that, I don't think that I'm glad yeah, yeah, what's wrong with that? That's what I'm saying. Who said that? Who said that? But also, to my point in the last episode, I told you that people were saying that the show is too, like, chaste and the boys are too, like, um, you know, whatever. But, like, I think they're, the relationship is developing. Um, yeah. You know, they're getting a little bit more physical with each other. And also in the comics, it's progressing to mm. other heights. Um where like conversations about protection are being had by like people's parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is important to say because um, to the defectors of the show who say that, you know, it's just like, it's just, it's not whatever enough. They're the show. They're teenage boys. They're getting there. Give them time. They're also babies. Yeah. Like, they're I, kids. I th- it's weird that you're focusing on that. <laughs> it's weird that you want like a fifteen-year-old and a sixteen-year-old to like be slamming it. Yeah. Like that's weird. You're weird. I think you're weird. I'm yeah. sorry. You're weird. No, but yeah, it's it's like it's such a sweet like young story. Yeah, and also like queer people have <laughs> to like rediscover themselves when they come out because they they are you know finally. Sh- becoming a different like persona that you know they're coming into themselves you have to like realize a, a whole bunch of different things about yourself over again that you thought especially for like nick he thought he was just a straight dude yeah he's not he's redis he's like learning about himself again he's like learning to walk again if you will you go through yeah when you come out you go through second gay puberty yes and if you're if you're special enough you can also go through second trans puberty or third yeah. trans you know if you went oh through second God. gay I puberty i third can't trans handle puberty. another puberty for myself um no but i yeah it's it's very it's it's literally like starting from zero I I I think it's just like a very important show so far. Also, like almost the entire like main cast is queer, and then there's Tao, 
Um, and uh, honestly, like, when was the last time that we had a very high production TV show where everyone is different, varying whatever's of like the LGBT community? Like, that didn't feel um, like people were checking boxes. Yes. It feels like a natural friend group. It feels like these people exist in real life. Mm-hmm. They are. I, like what I was I saying. I think because the actors like being around each other too. Well, that's true. I think yeah, that the actors helps. are good. Yeah. They're, oh, there's uh, there's a funny moment where mm-hmm. uh, I it was an it's like an interview with um, the actress who plays Elle and then the actor who plays Tao, mm-hmm. um, and it's like if you could play a different character, who would you choose to play? And um, uh, Tao is kind of like he kind of is like, well, it'd be interesting to like do this or something. It's like, I think it would be like interesting to be there, like that character, but like, I don't know. I kind of really liked how blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like literally without missing a beat, um, uh, Jasmine, the actress who plays Elle is like, well, all of the characters are very specific, like sexualities and genders and races. So I think it would be weird if I was like, yeah, I want to play a different like gender. Like she's yeah. very like Elle is like a trans black woman. Yeah, I, that's me. Tao is like an Asian man. Like it's yeah. very, they're very just dis- like um, they were like, no, this isn't a good question. What the fuck is oh this, Tara? Oh my god, this isn't this, a great question. Name. I was like Tara, like it's very like explicit. They very explicitly and the and those like parts of their characters impact them and like ha- like everything about them. But it's yeah. not like the main. Like, but they are so much more than those characters, you know what I yeah. mean? So I, it's just kind of like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the point is. I wouldn't play right. anyone else because this character is me. Yeah, but it's like, exactly, it's very, it was very that, it was very that. Um, but I think, it, yeah, it's, it's, we have a collection, we have the full rainbow. Yeah. Um, in the LGBTQ plus community happening and forming. And, um, it doesn't feel forced or weird or like it feels natural. It feels like the, yeah. the characters really do love each other and are like, they're our friends. I could see them being friends. They and love we get each like, other. Cute, we do get a cute flashback of Charlie and Tao meeting for the first time. And the actors they who were babies. tiny selves are the cutest Ooh. things I've ever seen in my life. They I hope we babies. get at least one of those every season. Cause we got one of um, Nick and Tara last season where they like, mm. Jump cut to them looking at each other when they were mm-hmm. 13 and uh, I screamed. <laughs> oh, babies. Okay. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? I have two other small notes. Okay. Make oh, them three small. Other sm- they're literally, they're so small. They're Make them small. Notes. I'm so sorry. Okay. First of all, be, again, because I've been watching the cast interviews and stuff and they're so sweet to each other. They're so yeah, cute. They really do love um, each other. <laughs> The they were talking about the so they go to Paris and they go to the Eiffel Tower and they were talking and they were like if you watch the episode there's not a single shot of like Darcy going up the stairs because Kizzy the actor who plays Darcy was so terrified of heights that they were like crying on the way up oh, and no. like they were like we didn't want to use any shots of them because it was like actually upsetting and like we didn't want to be like here you have to be on camera so on her top laying of down at the top was real i think yeah i think darcy laying down at the top is like just the actor fully being like i have to i can't look there there is like a shot of them running to the side to take like a picture with someone but i think that but the, like 
I think it's, it was. It's terrifying to walk up those. Yeah, one of the actors was like, no, they were literally like crying. It was so scary, and I was like, that's me. Yeah, um, that's. I would that's pay my, for the one. elevator. <laughs> my um, also very small note that it's just me uh, noticing things on a rewatch. Mm. There's a scene at the in the last episode in Charlie's room, um, and on his shelf there's like a little donut plushie, which is the toy that Nick was trying to win for him in the arcade on his birthday in the first season. <laughs> So I'm just imagining they went back to the arcade together at some no. point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also, then, you watched it again without me. I'll watch it. I'll watch it for uh, no indeterminate amount of time. You've ruined this for me. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It's I literally couldn't get it off out of my brain. I had to like it was like I have was like I have to rewatch it because catharsis because I can't not I can't stop thinking about these scenes. Yeah. Um, my last note, mm-hmm. and I promise I'll stop rambling about this thing that <laughs> I am so in love with now, is my absolute favorite scene um, in maybe the first, maybe two seasons. It's mm-hmm. so small. It is like the tiniest little moment, but it makes me cry. It makes me, gives me, it's the reason I have an ulcer. There's a part where Charlie and Nick are in the hotel and they're getting ready to go to Tara's birthday party and they're like having a moment with each other before they go. And he like, Charlie's like fixing his hair or something and Nick just like hugs him from behind and he's like, what are you doing? And he just goes recharging. And then I throw up and then I cry. That happens in the comics. It's so cute. It like... Happens in the comics. I, I like it. Like gives me a stomach ache. It's so fucking sweet. I want to yeah. die. It really is really sweet, and I, I believe it does happen in the comics. Um, and I, it's just like it's like a one scene thing. It's just it's like literally, it's like five seconds. It's such. It's like a fleeting moment. It is mm-hmm. not focused upon. It is not like a moment that's like mm-hmm. emphasized necessarily in the show. But it's just like such a perfect encapsulation of like how much they care and love for each other in that moment. And like how you can see how much Nick leans on Charlie and how much Charlie leads on Nick. Like just, they literally are just like, it's just, it's such a good moment. And it makes me tear up. (laughs) It's really cute. The show is really good. Everyone, honestly, no joke. There's more, you know, episodes now since the last time we spoke. So I would absolutely go out and watch season two if you can. It's made Sophie and I both like cry. Good way. Like complimentary. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Positive. It is like positive tear. Even the the big intense moments. Yeah. I was nervous and I was tense. But the parts that like really made me like emotional, like made me cry were the parts that were like. I'm gonna start crying. No, okay, we have to end the episode we because I almost cried earlier. And now you're on the verge of tears. We can't do this. <laughs> Everyone. It's just so good. Please yeah. watch the show and also tell me your thoughts about it. Tell me how yeah. many times you cried. Yeah, because um we're currently crying in the club. <laughs> but um I'm gonna end the episode because I don't want us to cry anymore. Yeah. Everyone. We've been talking about season two of Heartstopper. Go read the comics. Go watch the TV show. Go buy the books. There are many different iterations and attachments 
to this universe. So like the books that we've read before, I think Loveless is the only story that's like fully detached from this universe that we've read. That is Alice's work. Um, is it? Okay. I because think so. There's one character. Sorry. You probably no, okay. can cut this out. There's one character that I thought was a Loveless character, but I, but possibly not. I mean, that's true. I think that it's detached from the universe. I don't think that that's like part of it. Um, but Radio Silence has characters from the comic Heartstopper in it. Um, and it's like a full novel. It's very good. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like a different vibe than Heartstopper too. So like go read that. Um, Heartstopper was also great. Heartstopper. Loveless was also great. Heartstopper is the comic version of the Heartstopper TV show. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, ending soon. I think the comic will be ending soon. I could be wrong. Um, Heartstopper or yeah, Heartstopper. It's been going on for like a pretty long time. I think we're, I, like getting to the point where like the story will be ending. Yes, I think um, that Alice has said that they are finishing things up. Yeah, so um, you have a lot of ways to consume the media related to Heartstopper. Um, so yeah, please go out and watch the the TV show on Netflix. Um, it's as you can tell, we have emotions about it. And um, my name is Brendan Patrick. Sophie Green is crying in the club. And, I'm um, crying in the clubs. <laughs> and you've been I'm listening to the Super Love Podcast. No, no, stop Play crying. Play the fucking outro music. I'm recharging. No. <laughs>